Hello, hello. Welcome to There You Grow, where we talk about several topics and we hope to entertain you and give some value to our listeners. Yep, entertainment, something to, you know, sit and listen to, provide feedback, mm-hmm. something that should be kind of fun for you at least. Yes. And today we're diving, maybe for the first week, into something deeper and a little maybe more complex. But I think a lot of people go through it, whether from like one point of view or another. I think it's something very common to people. It seems like more and more common every day. So what is it? What are we talking about today? We're talking about the D word. (laughs) The big D. (laughs) The big D. Big D, the biggest D you've ever seen. (laughs) (laughs) It's divorce. I bet a lot of people were thinking of a different D. (laughs) So they're like, I've seen a bigger D than that for sure. (laughs) Yeah. And we thought it would be interesting to talk about this from two different points of view. So my parents got divorced when I was 10 and my sister was eight. I mean, Sarah, what about, what's your relationship with the D word? So I got a divorce earlier this year. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's definitely something that I think impacts everyone at at some point, Mm -hmm. whether it be, you know, it's you going through it, you experiencing it from, you know, your childhood or maybe a friend's going through it, or maybe it's happening to someone, you know, in your family, you know, Mm -hmm. everyone's going through it at some point. Yeah. And I feel like as as fast as you can do it or as friendly as you can do it, it's always going to be hard. Like it's one of those hard things that if you have to go through, it's going to probably suck, but there is light at the end of the tunnel. Right. I, I totally agree with that because in my experience, you know, I was definitely on board with the idea of it, you know, something that I, I wanted myself, Mm -hmm. but it was still so hard. And that was something that surprised me because, you know, I didn't realize that even though it was something that I wanted, that it would affect me the way that it did. Mm -hmm. So how should we start? Do you want to tell us more about your experience, whatever you're comfortable with? Like, yeah, definitely. Okay. So, and I'll start out by saying that I, I feel like in my experience, I'm definitely one of the lucky ones. Yeah. Um, me and my ex, I mean, we're still friends. I still talk to him, you know, a couple of times a week. Um, we hear things from each other's lives. We're, I'm one of the lucky ones for sure, because there's so many that go through this experience and it's very negative and it's negative even after the experience for them. <laughs> So I, I recognize that my story will probably di- be different mm-hmm. from others. And it was pretty fast too, right? Like you didn't drive. Right. Yeah. Yeah, it was pretty fast. I mean, it's like once you kind of know that for whatever reason, that space isn't the space for you both to be in anymore mm-hmm. and it's time to move on, mm-hmm. it's just time to go, you know? And it's, it sucks. It still sucks because it's someone that you chose to share a life with for at least a portion of time. And I always joke now that, you know, if you're going to marry someone, marry someone that treats their ex well, because that's how you know, 
you know, if, if someone truly has like rooted good personality that they're rooted as a good person, oh my gosh, yeah. he doesn't have to treat me well, but he still does. Mm-hmm. And so I think that really speaks to who he is as a person too. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's so sweet. That's really nice. Um, so how, how do you think that people can determine if they should get a divorce or if they should keep trying because I think that's one of the most troubling things like am I giving up or is this the right thing right and I definitely experienced that for sure so for for my experience I I felt like it was the right thing and I did what every adult does I ran to my mom (laughs) I ran to my mom and I stayed at my mom's house for a while that way I could take some time Mm -hmm. to mull it over and decide you know if if this was truly the right path for me for for him for us um or was it something that could be salvaged you know is is this something that we can come out of stronger which a lot of couples really do and can um you know but for for me there was a lot of that back and forth and I feel like you're going to feel shame no matter what way you choose, because in in one way you feel shame because you're not trying if you choose to not mm-hmm. continue and you you know you're choosing to make that choice. But then you could feel shame the other way too, because at at some point where you're having that conversation with yourself, you're gonna have to have the conversation with someone else. Mm-hmm. And what I've noticed, <laughs> and this might be, you know, a different experience for everyone. But people are trying to be so supportive of you mm-hmm. that it's almost like they go into that overdrive where now it's like they feel like you have to hate the other person or like, you know, leaving is your best choice. Mm-hmm. When maybe it's not, maybe your best choice really is to stay and work it out. Mm-hmm. But now you have all these other people that have shared their opinion. <laughs> and so oh. it's it's hard. It's like you have to find the right tribe to really share that that decision making conversation with that you know is not going to give you negativity yeah so do you think that divorce can be avoidable I definitely do think it can be avoidable um and again it's going to depend on every person's situation Mm -hmm. but um, I've got a couple of friends not every case like it's not like you can salvage any marriage Right, right. It's totally, it's totally up to the two people and sometimes maybe even the one person, depending on the relationship you're in, if it's a very, a very negative, aggressive, abusive relationship. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's, you're, you're finally to the point where you're at the breaking point where you have to go. It's, Mm -hmm. I can understand it's totally unavoidable. Um, You know, so I think it just depends on each individual and each couple, but I, I have had friends that were really close to divorce and they, you know, they found ways to work through it. Mm-hmm. Um, highly suggest going to couples therapy. Mm-hmm. I think people associate couples therapy with being, you know, a negative thing that it only is something that comes in if someone's going to get a divorce, <laughs> but it doesn't have to be like that. Right. You know, it can just be a, kind of a check-in a a way to support a conversation that maybe you're not going to otherwise have Mm -hmm. um it can help 
just kind of make a safe space for each person to talk and it can help bring up conversations that need to happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I agree. What was your idea? Like growing up, your parents are not divorced, but what was your idea of divorce? Did you see it as failure? Did you see it as something that sometimes happens? Like, did you have any stigma associated with divorce before you went through your own? Um, so one of my very close friends, her parents got a divorce and I remember as a kid, it was very shocking Mm -hmm. because as a kid, I remember thinking that this, uh, her parents were like the cutest couple Mm -hmm. and they would do things. And I would always be be like, oh gosh, I can't, I can't wait to be grown up and be like them, Mm -hmm. you know? And so it, it was very shocking. And to a kid, it definitely depends on how close to the divorce you are, I'm sure. Um, you know, for me, it was a friend's parents, and it was a friend that I was very close to. So I was, you know, in their house all the time. Um, but it, it definitely was shocking. And it was hard to understand both why and and what that means for what what does that mean for my friend? Or what does that mean for me? You know, where are we going to hang out? <laughs> What, what does are it the mean? logistics you know, I, of I think, this? I think one of the biggest questions was, is how do I fit into their life now? Mm. Where it was a family that I had traveled with. It was a family that mm-hmm. I spent a ton of time with them. How do I fit in now? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and what would you say for you? Well, for so my parents got divorced when I was 10. Now looking back, I can't say that I'm surprised because the truth is they were arguing quite a bit. And there were things that as an adult now I can see that wouldn't work. But I think like the way I grew up, like it wasn't a common thing. Like people were not really getting divorced. So I think my mom was probably like my parents were probably the first couple that I saw going through divorce. So I grew up thinking that like you are born into this house with two parents and whatever the relationship is, it's what it is, but they're, they're going to die together. Like I never thought in my mind, at least before 10, that's when they got divorced, that divorce is a thing or that parents can't break up. I thought they just can't like (laughs) they're born together or something. They're just like, that's how things are. So for me, it was definitely hard to see my parents, which I, I love them both so much, to see them not be together. It's like something about your world breaks. Like you're lost. You're like, what is happening? How I thought the world was is not anymore. So like, what else am I missing? Definitely, I would say that that's one of the biggest things that I had to get over in life and understand and like position in my mind somehow and then their divorce when they got divorced it was a long time ago so pretty much 17 years ago so divorces were not what they are today where you can do it faster it was a long drawn out like process it takes a long time like it wasn't a common thing everything took forever in fact their divorce lasted years and So being in that kind of situation where you're in the middle of something that doesn't end, but also feels foreign and weird, it was very mind, like, boggling. Like, I don't know, it took a lot to process it. And then you have your arrangement where you 
need time to see the other parent, whoever it doesn't live in the house anymore. In my case, it was my dad. So like, you don't get to see them as normal. You like have a schedule to see your dad, which is weird. But then also like, however they behave, because in my case, my relationship with my dad changed a lot once they got divorced and I discovered a lot of things about him. So I definitely think that that's something that has trickled down. And I only learned this as an adult that it definitely created some trauma for me that I needed to address. And I went to therapy for it. And then it definitely trickled down into my romantic relationships, the idea of partnerships and how people connect and how they get over issues. And in fact, I read, I read this book, it's called Daughters of Divorce. And it explains how your idea of how couples get over issues and what a healthy partnership is, is very different from someone who grew up seeing their parents mending things and fixing them and having resources on how to get over issues versus someone who saw their parents quote unquote quit which like when you're an adult you understand that yeah. it's not about quitting is the healthy thing to do but but when you see them quit on each other or on the family unit it's very it impacts you a lot especially like in Spain a big part of our culture is family so it's like one of our biggest pillars and it's all about family how we work our communities everything So it's like one of those big things and it gets broken and no one explains to you why. I I remember going to like my mom dragged me pretty much to therapy when my parents were getting a divorce. And the therapist was like, I just want you to know that it's not your fault. And I remember thinking, I really, really don't think it's my fault. Like, I don't need help with that. (laughs) I don't think I've never had a cost it. If anything, I just don't understand how it happens because I thought like the same way that they tell you that kids come from heaven and like they don't explain to you that parents make kids. I thought the same thing, like parents just come as a pair and that's it. You get two, one of each, and they're together forever and they're your your <laughs> elders and that's it. So like <laughs> Yeah, they're like here to protect you and they're there's two and they're different and that's it. So I, I think that was definitely something that has shaped who I am and on the on the other hand right. getting over that I'm not saying that I'm 100% over it but like after working so much on all those traumas that come from childhood partly because of the divorce has also molded me into who I am today like working on those things right. and but honestly I do think so I'm a very big fan <laughs> to, of um, Will Smith and Jada Smith they're amazing yeah, uh-huh. and they have this show, The Red Table Talk. I don't love all the episodes, but the ones where they talk about their marriage, I really like them. And they were saying that most marriages, because they were on the brink of getting divorced and they worked through it. They were saying that most marriages, like maybe 95%, are fixable and avoidable. But you really need to be raw and put in the work. And something that I found out by thinking back to those times, but also my own personal relationships, you cannot fix something that both people don't want to fix and if one person leaves the boat there's nothing you can do there's like you can read all the the other communication books in the world you can go to therapy as much as you want both people need to want it as much and that's something that you can do nothing about it's a two it's a two-person team both need to be involved and yeah I mean in their case I don't think there was something that really prevented them from 
fixing things, but I don't think both people were in it. Yeah. Right, right. And I I can say that from my own experience. Um, I was the first to be like, I think that this is what we need Mm -hmm. to do. And I remember seeing how much that Mm -hmm. hurt him. And it, the one thing I want to say is in divorce, I, and again, this could be my personal point of view, but I don't think you'll ever stop loving that person. You just love them differently. And if it's a divorce that comes from, you know, I guess maybe the right Mm -hmm. place, I feel like you're still going to want the best things for them. And at some point I felt like I was no longer the best thing for him, that that was no longer the Mm -hmm. best place. Um, but yeah, I remember, I remember feeling just so, so full of shame because I knew that I was the Mm -hmm. one that was saying that this wasn't the right thing for us anymore. And so I did kind of go back and forth a bit because I was trying to figure out maybe I was wrong. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm being Mm -hmm. crazy. Maybe I'm just a crazy person now, (laughs) you know, maybe it's all in my head. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, I mean it's it's definitely hard to to decide. When you say shame, shame you in know, what way would you say? Shame because because a lot of reasons. Because I felt like I should have done so many things differently and not just regarding the actual event of divorce itself, but it's like you look back years and mm-hmm. years and years and you like pinpoint moments where you should have done something differently or maybe if I would have done something that I didn't do, you know, would it Mm -hmm. have worked out? Do you like, do you ever think that even to now, not that you want to get back to that place, but like, do you still hold that belief that maybe if you had done something differently, we wouldn't be here now we're here and we accept it. But maybe if I like, do you still think that ever? Um, maybe sometimes I, I think that both he and I were of, we're, I, we're just very mature people, mm-hmm. I guess. And so the entire time we were able to really respectfully understand where the other person was mm-hmm. coming from. And because of that, I think that it, it certainly could have been worked out. It could have stayed. But I look at where I'm at now and where he's at now, and I see both of us growing in such positive Mm -hmm. ways that I don't think we would have if we would have stayed together. I I feel like it was still Mm -hmm. the right thing. Oh, that's so big. That's really big. Hmm. What do you think? Why do you think that the divorce rate is so high? Um, well, I can say from my experience, I immediately felt like running and I've never felt like running quite like I did in my entire life. And I don't mean like I'm going to go outside and take a run. I mean, like I'm packing up my (laughs) shit right now and I'm running to Europe and I'm just going to get away. And instead it was my mom's house that I chose to run to because it was, you know, closest (laughs) and easier (laughs) and free. There's good food, (laughs) but Right. And I, I totally understand that when when things get bad and things get just in like you're kind of in the muck of it, it's terrible and it feels so terrible. And you just 
you know, you just want to go and you don't even care where it is that you're going to, but you just want to like leave that situation. And it's just being in the moments of doing that hard work. It's scary and it's tough mm-hmm. for sure. So how how does that connect to the, like, I, I guess I wonder like why the divorce rate is going up almost seems like every year, like more and more people are getting divorced. Um, I don't know. And it could be that people don't have an idea of what marriage really is. I feel like marriage glorified. is kind of very, it's glorified. It's, you know, everyone sees, nobody sees the marriage, they oh, see the wedding. That's so true. That's very true. And so I the think Christmas people are well. like, oh, we're going to get married. I get the big dress and I get to throw a big party. And that's what marriage is. But that's not what marriage is. Marriage is seeing another person struggle through the things that they're going through in life and recognizing how they make you struggle and how are you going to work on that together. I think there's so much generosity. And I've never been married, but I was in a long-term relationship where we're living together. And I feel like there's so much generosity that you need to be ready to give. There's so much that you need to be ready to sacrifice and to not keep tabs on each other. And I think that it takes a certain level of maturity and self-awareness to be able to provide all of that for another person 24-7 for 50 years. And I, and I think a lot right. of people don't really even start working on themselves before a marriage. Like they haven't gone through like just dealing with themselves, maybe going to therapy of your own yes. to see what things look like, how you can improve them, all of that. And then you get on, you get to living with someone and having to go through life with someone and you haven't even done your own work and then it's a mess. And then, and then it also depends on, do you see your parents get divorced? Like, do you think quitting is okay? See, for me, like a big thing that I think I just can't get over or couldn't get over is someone quitting on me or on something that we both agreed on together. Like we agreed to get married. If you quit on me, that probably something that I can't forgive. Everything else, I feel like I'm ready to work through. And I'm seeing almost everything else. Like, I'm, I can see myself working through some pretty rough stuff as long as you just don't quit, you know? Right, yeah. right. But I think you're right. Like, it, I think people don't see what, like, marriage really is. And if you think about it, there's people that are growing without even... Because I was lucky at least to have both my parents in my life. And I saw them together for some time. And then I saw them separately, but there's people who grow and obviously it's not their fault, but they grow with only one parent in the house. How are you supposed to approach relationships later on when you only see one party and you're not seeing any of the union while you're growing up? Like, that's really hard. Right. That is really hard. I, I mm-hmm. can only imagine. Um, and I feel like... For, for my experience, I grew up in a home where, you know, my parents weren't afraid to argue mm-hmm. in front of us. And I always thought that that was a good thing because we got to see how they worked it out. And sometimes it was, they had to go sit down and have a conversation. And sometimes it's just that mom needed a candy bar <laughs> or dad needed some time alone. So I grew up, it's just me, my sister, my mom mm-hmm. and my dad. So one guy, three girls, house full mm-hmm. of estrogen, one bathroom. <laughs> it was hell for him, I am sure. So 
sometimes I feel like if you look at what's going on in a relationship, a lot of the a lot of the hardships in that relationship aren't actually stemming from the relationship mm-hmm. itself. It's always coming from an outside perspective. Maybe you're worried what somebody else is thinking about how you both are doing at home or you know, are you meeting the status quo of what a, a, a quote unquote mm. home? Should oh yeah. Be? The ideas are the way home. You know, are, are, what, what outside factors mm-hmm. are you allowing in? Yeah. I think that's very big. I think that really is like the ideas that we have in our mind. Like, are we being those, like, are we that home? Are we that family? Like what is wrong with us that we don't look like that? Or that's, that's really true. But I really liked how you said mm. working on yourself earlier because mm. I don't think it's something that I, so when I first got married, mm-hmm. I was so 21, so, so which looking back now, yeah. I'm like, I was so young. I was not prepared. I was not aware. I definitely didn't understand, you know, um, but I, I don't think I had the chance right. to grow with myself. And so after, after my divorce, I got a lot of time to myself and mm-hmm. I am so thankful for it because it's, it's like you, you need that time to just understand what mm-hmm. you like as a person and the things that you like to mm-hmm. do and maybe even the way that you think. One that's hilarious for me. I, so my ex would always say that I would always run out <laughs> the toilet paper out in the house and not replace the toilet paper roll. And I thought he was crazy. I I thought he was just being an asshole. I thought there's no way that this is me. There's no way I'm the one doing that. Well, I'll tell you what. I've lived by myself for quite some time oh now. God. And I'm the one doing that. I'm always leaving myself high and dry, you know? Like all of those dumb little things that that I just mm-hmm. didn't realize I did. I'm totally doing. All the things that he hated, That's I so see funny. it now. And it's just funny because yeah, I feel like you need that time on your own to kind of reflect on the inside and say, these are the mm-hmm. annoying things that I do. And that's okay because that we all have them. Very <laughs> we all true. have them. But yeah. You be aware yeah. of them. Something that there's two things that I'm thinking about with this topic is one, I think marriage and long-term relationships, because you don't have to get married to experience all this, but I think it's about long-term gratification. And I think we are the generation of being into short, short-term gratification. And I think marriage is a lot of putting in work to maybe see the results later. And yeah, and I think that right. can be very hard. Or depriving your, yourself of other things because you have a marriage and you need to put that first. Like you can't have the cake and eat it too. <laughs> you need to choose when it comes to that and make a choice, a conscious choice every single day. And I think, for example, in, in the case of my parents, I definitely see how, like, on someone's party, like, that's hard to uphold for a long term. Like, one thing is to think, ah, I can do this today, tomorrow. When it comes to years and years, making that choice every single day with everything that it entails is really not for the weak. And it's not for people who don't have it very clear that this is the kind of life that they want. And with more and more choices it becomes even harder. Like, is this really what you want? Because look at everything else that you have, you know, to choose from and to experience. And it definitely is a hard choice to make, but it can be very rewarding. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. 
And I think something else that is also important, like you said, I I can do this today. I can do this tomorrow, but maybe not forever. It's, I think taking the moment to realize the things that you need Mm -hmm. to do for yourself, that way you can be there the other days. I noticed that one thing that I commonly do in relationships is that I will, I will, I will become Mm -hmm. passive, I guess, where I will only do Mm -hmm. what the other person wants to do. And I don't recognize in the day to day how that is affecting me or how it's making me unhappy long term when all I really needed to do was say, I need to go take three hours to do something for myself, (laughs) you know, and, and you just need to take that time within a relationship to recognize you as the individual yeah, and not you as a pair. that's very true. And another thing that I see is, uh, and I hear this all the time because I work with old people, not old, but like older people. So there are people that have been married for a long time that maybe have kids that are nine years old now and stuff. And what I always hear is those things that from the beginning you saw that you don't really match in terms of values or what you enjoy to do, how to spend your money, like all those things that you oversee at the beginning are what's going to probably cost you the divorce later. So I think it's so hard when you are on the honeymoon state and stage and <clears throat> you really like someone to break it off because there's these five things that you know really are a red flag. Not It doesn't mean that they're a bad person, but relationship-wise, in terms of how you match with each other, they are not the best and they're important things. Like they're, they're some of those pillars that are very important. Like no one would break up a relationship right. just because, oh, it seems like we spend money differently. If you love someone and like you feel like everything else is perfect about them, you're not going to do it. But yet you get married, some of those feelings maybe fade away And by the time you've been married for 10 years, those things start coming to the surface and you have to deal with them. And it's like, oh, in my free time, I want to stay home. But the other person wants to go hiking all the time or travel or I'd rather have less savings and explore more or have a better house. And those things are what end up being deal breakers, at least from like what I see from people around me that are older that are like, I wish I had done something about this when I wasn't married. Like I wish I had, I had been wiser when it comes to choosing because you end up paying for those, you know? Right. Right. It's, it's definitely proof that if mm-hmm. you got to listen it's to so your guy though, when you love someone, because I, you see them and you're like, they're perfect. I know, like they're everything I, I could ask for. They just have these three, they just have these three things that don't take out. How do you cut something like that when, I don't know, I, I mean, it's really hard. Yeah. Right, right. And that's, that's what it comes down to is, is divorce sucks. And you've got, I, last time I looked, it's, it's like 50, the divorce yeah. rates at 50%, which is, which is so shitty because that means that about half of us are, either have experienced it or will experience it and you go through rough points they always joke that when you get a divorce Mm. you start hiking and I realized it's because crying (laughs) in a Starbucks isn't cute you gotta go cry on some mountain where nobody can see you and that's very alone that's so much solitude and I I just don't want people to feel alone in it. I don't mm-hmm. want the shame of divorce. Yeah. It happens. It's okay. 
we're, we're going to be okay. There's a life after. And, you know what and I think you're gonna too be fine. is, yes, the divorce rate is 50%. But out of the other 50% of marriages, I know personally a lot of people that might as well be divorced, that are not sharing a room, that are very unhappy, oh, yeah. that are cheating, that have been living in different places for a long time. So, so if you think of, instead of thinking of the divorce rate, you think of the percentage of people that are in happy relationships after a long time that have been married. That's very, like that's pretty low like don't don't kid yourself that just because the divorce rate is 50 percent, the other 50 are just happy go lucky and are in their second honeymoon like no there's a lot of people that are just hanging by a thread or unhappy and if you need to get divorced to enjoy the rest of your life and be happy don't let the d word stop you like you know right right you you have to make your choice. You have one life, and it's gonna come with things that suck, unfortunately, and and that might have to be yeah. one of those things that suck for you. Um, yeah. But it definitely isn't something that you should ever mm-hmm. feel alone in. And I I was lucky enough to have friends that mm-hmm. had gone through it before me, and I remember one of my friends being the first that I called to tell, because I know that she had experienced it. And she was funny. She was like, honey, honey, you were supposed to learn from me. (laughs) And it's just funny. It's like, you should never feel alone. It's, it truly Mm -hmm. is going to be okay. And I mean, I know it's just my story, but I'm, I'm happy. I'm super happy. And I know he's happy too. And there's, there's still happiness past it it's it gets hard still sometimes I was talking to another friend because it's it's we're coming on to the first set of Mm -hmm. holidays after my divorce and it's weird it's definitely weird I'm very excited for you know future memories but you'll have these weird moments where you remember being somewhere at some time and and things Mm -hmm. seemed perfect you know and so those memories will come back and I think that instead of being sad with them or dwelling on them you just need to mo- recognize mm-hmm. the moment that it brought you and the things you learned from it mm-hmm. and still cherish it. What would you say is, like, is there a way that people can get something like a checklist for it's coming, it's decided, I'm getting divorced. What things could help them or what things do you think that people don't anticipate about getting divorced that would be really helpful? Um, I <laughs> love that you called it a checklist because now I'm going to go make one. I'm putting on the Instagram. <laughs> I'm going to make yeah. one and I'm going to share the link on you our Instagram You guys should check page. out our Instagram. I'm really going to We're going to put some resources or like photos of things we talk about. So Sarah's going to put the checklist over there and I think it's going to be a good one. So It's going to be a good one because there's so mm-hmm. many random things that I didn't think about. I remember when it was decided upon, I... So in, in the marriage itself, I really mm-hmm. kind of let him handle the finances. Um, he had an accounting degree. He worked in, in that kind of realm. I felt <laughs> it was the perfect job fit for him. <laughs> you know, he just told me, you know, if we were broke or if we weren't, you know, and mm-hmm. we were never broke. So I just spent the money. It was great. <laughs> no, it was never like that. But, but I did let him mm-hmm. handle, you know, the majority of the finances. So I didn't always have a good grasp on what exactly was being spent on like utilities exactly or 
how much are internet cost? You know, things like that. I didn't, mm-hmm. I didn't know. I let him handle it, which I recognize oh, really? now was a negative thing because the moment it took me to go out, I, I recognized that I didn't, I didn't have the knowledge of how much, how much I would be spending. Mm-hmm. So the first thing to do is to make your budget. And so we were, he always mm-hmm. shared that information with me. Right. It wasn't like it was hidden. So we had uh, budget sheets where we can go and look. And I remember going and taking the time to look over those sheets and understand, you know, how much was spent where. That way I can come up with a good budget for my mm-hmm. future <laughs> solo life. And so the first thing I would do is say, make a budget and understand how much things really cost and then always overestimate just because I would much rather have safe right. buffer room than, than not. Um, I, I've lived a life where I've fortunately never been, I've never been mm-hmm. stressed about money, I guess, to the point where like it actually right. brought me any kind of, I don't know, you know, like I've just never been stressed and I didn't mm-hmm. want that now that I was alone. So I wanted to make sure that I made a budget that mm-hmm. was very fitting for me. So I would say that's the first thing. Um, but I would also take tax returns. That was something else that mm-hmm. I encountered because I'm building a house and they asked me for my tax returns and I realized I was going to have to call him yeah. for them, which is perfectly fine well, for me because we're pals. But there's lots of people right. that aren't, they aren't pals with their ex. They, they're not going to want to have to call him for a tax return. So <laughs> get your tax returns. <laughs> Go as far back as you have them for. Save them all. I would just take kind of like a a digital dump of anything that's on your computer. Save it. True. You never know when you're going to need it. But yeah, tax returns were a big surprise. I I would have never thought of that. For me, for some reason. And then... Yeah. And then um, another thing I also learned is when I was um, Mm. registering my car in my name. Why? I have to pay registration twice <laughs> and I, it's not supposed to be that way. So I paid it because it had uh-huh. come, to, it had come due basically. And then later on I had mm-hmm. gone to change the title into my name and it was in the divorce mm-hmm. decree that I would be taking that vehicle. So I should have not had to pay, but the lady at the DMV but said then- it didn't matter and I had to pay. <laughs> so you know, know mm-hmm. what, know what you get, I guess, you know, have an understanding of what and how that works. Mm-hmm. That way you're not getting, by the way, it. now that we're talking finances, uh, maybe this is a deeper topic for another day, but what do you think of prenups in a marriage? I think it depends mm-hmm. on the situation. Um, I don't know. It's so hard because I, I feel like that's something you only hear about if someone's got Mm-hmm. they've already but got a lot gener- of wealth I feel like to them I guess more, I, when I think of it I think more generational wealth like wealth that is not theirs that is this is what I think like from other people like it's their families uh-huh. they share with siblings or they come from a different marriage and they have to pay stuff or like if they don't have it then their kids will not get it or something I, that's what it is. right right you know, it's so hard because I'm sure that certain things work for some and certain things don't work for others, which is, I guess, the entire, that's, yeah. that's the entirety of life. 
that's what we're learning this yeah. whole thing. Some things work for some and some things don't work for others. But I don't know. I guess for me, I would always say that mm-hmm. what I look for is an element of fairness. And, you know, some people are going to give sacrifices into a marriage in one way and True. some will give those sacrifices differently. You know, someone might be the breadwinner while someone else is the one that yeah. is doing things at home, which... I mean, you do see commonly. And so I yeah. guess where do you find that element of fairness when it comes to a prenup? Um, is there still an element of like, do, do you feel like it's fair? Do you mm-hmm. feel like it's, it's what they should be doing? And I, I don't know. It would be hard for me because that if I was marrying into a family that had a lot of wealth, and I guess they wanted me to sign a prenup. I would always worry that right, they felt like maybe I was right. because of the money. You know, like I would worry that that's what they think. Right. Even if that's not true. And so I think maybe it would always feel yeah. to me like something that I had to prove. Um, but I guess that's just time to, you know, go and do that hard work and have that conversation to understand what the, mm-hmm. what the root of the need is. And... You know, yeah, see if it feels true. fair, I, I guess. just feel like unless it's something that is not for your own money, it's for your kids' money or your family money, if it's really just, like, two people's money that are choosing to get married, I don't see, like, I think it's preparing for a way out. And you should go 100%. And this is maybe, maybe being romantic, but... I think if you choose to marry, it's to fight with everything you have. And also because you think that both parties somehow bring the same thing to the table. Like you wouldn't marry someone who's dead weight. So to someone who you don't have to protect your own money from, right? Like I, for me, it sounds like such yeah. a bad way to start something that's supposed to be probably the most important choice that you make in life, your partner, because they'll affect every area. So I don't know. I, I don't, I don't know. I need to think more about it, but yeah, that's a, that's a good point for sure. And I recognize it now that like, mm-hmm. I like how you said it's preparing for a way out because I'll say that I mm-hmm. feel like I still have some of that trauma where it'll get to like moments where instead of thinking of like me right. and another person, I'm just thinking of myself. And I've recognized that that's me still focusing on that like mm-hmm. that individualistic right. side instead of it's the like whole. really right it shouldn't be two and people so it, it should yeah. be a union so if you're not not you but in general if you're not ready to bring something that is actually just purely material then i don't think you're ready for that kind of really like union spiritually and mentally and long term so like if you have issues with even bringing just money into it then I don't know that that you're ready for that unless it's like family money of course but yeah it's yeah for sure for sure yeah Yeah. I don't know that's something I've never encountered everyone that yes that would probably go read more about it for (laughs) for discussion yeah so let's see uh I think that's maybe it. Is there anything else that we could touch on on this topic? Um, you know, I think I would wrap it up with just saying that if you're going through it whether it's from you know, your your own life or 
if it's something mm-hmm. that you're just experiencing secondary, reach out to someone and just tell them how you're feeling because because so many people are going through it, there's other people out there that are both aware mm-hmm. of your situation and I- do want to listen to you. You know, so never, never feel alone. Always reach out. Parents going through divorce, and you have kids involved. Do not involve your kids in your divorce. Don't drag them. Don't tell them things about the other party, like their other parent. Keep it between yourselves. You're adults. You're making this decision for yourself. So keep them out of it. The healthiest thing you can do is to have the children have a healthy relationship with both, and. And yeah, it's something that happens, nothing wrong with it, but there's definitely ways that you can make it the best for your kids. Oh, by the way, we didn't say what we learned this week at the beginning. I know. What did you learn this week? Ah, you're right. You're totally right. Um, What I learned this week (laughs) is that I cannot make rolls. I tried to make rolls and I used Um... too much yeast, apparently. Because they looked beautiful. They were the most beautiful looking rolls I've ever seen. Plump Mm, and just like, just kind of crispy. But not overcooked. They were perfect. And then I bit into one and it tasted like crap. So I think they, they, if I were to make them, I would just buy them those frozen ones. I wouldn't even try. That sounds like a hard thing. (laughs) That's that's what I did for the rest of the week. Smart way to go. I went and got the frozen ones. I learned, and these, what did you maybe learn? you just need to try different brands or something, but don't buy a topper. What a disappointment. I cook a lot with onion and peppers and stuff, and I thought, let me get a topper because that makes it easier. The one that I got, it chops things into really fine little pieces. I wanted squares. I wanted like something that I would chop. It makes it into such small pieces that... Almost, yeah, like oh, it's, it's like too small. So I don't know if it's the one that I got or what, but I've been thinking about getting one for a long time and I was so disappointed. I was like, oh, it's going to make my life so much easier. I know. So if you're out there, actually, yeah. I don't know. I may return this one and maybe get another one and see if there's a better one out there. So it's like the texture is just too small. It changes the whole dish. So I need to look into another one. So that's my heart. Exactly. If you have any suggestions for food shoppers. (laughs) Yes, please do. And that's there you grow underscore IG. Yes, keep your eye out. Keep your eye out for next week's podcast. We're going to be talking about mental health. So we're going from deep topic to deep topic. But we're so excited. So hopefully you can get Yes, or keep it deep. We'll and then probably after that, we'll give you some holidays content talking about the end of the year and the beginning of the new year. But we'll have one more to go. So hopefully you enjoy it and you join us for the ride. See you next week. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening. <laughs>